right there. I'm in. And welcome back to uh, the latest episode of DC Films Podcast, your podcast for all things related to the DC Extended Universe, with the latest news and rumors and information about the DC films in the DCU, as well as reviews about DC comic films, past and coming ones. I am not one of your hosts, I'm a filling host. I'm your producer of this podcast, Andy B. And if you've been with this podcast for the past year now and so, you know that I We've had Chris Duker and Tony Kim as our as our co-hosts lately, but as we announced a few weeks ago, they are sadly not with us anymore. They're, they're alive, they're fine, they're fine, but they're they moved on to other things, and we wish them the best of luck. And hopefully, one day we will have them back on the show. But as they say, it the show has to go on, and we uh, today I'm so excited to welcome our new cast of uh, this podcast, and also our newest members of the DCT Podcast Network. And it's a, this is a little special one because this is going to be collaborating. This podcast is now going to be collaborating with uh, a pretty fine, good damn website uh, for all things DC stuff. So. I would like to welcome uh, one. Uh, first of all, I'm going to introduce all three of them so you guys can get to know them. So first off, we have Roy Reynas uh, from uh, DCComicNews.com. And uh, Roy, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing just great. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to get started on this show. Next up is Shayna Lucas, also from DCComicNews.com. Shayna, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Pretty good. Hi, everybody. Welcome. And also joining us as our first host is Sark Sarkinson, who is as I believe, this is he's making his podcast debut in the podcast world. As uh, this will be his first podcast that he's hosting. So, Sark, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? It is a pleasure to be with you. And yes, I've really been looking forward to this opportunity. So, yeah, be merciful with me because I am the new kid on the block. Well, um, there's you know we're gonna be we're gonna be nice. And we're gonna you know we're gonna be patient. Uh, oh, good. good. <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> You're talking to the wrong person when it comes to being patient and, you know, sensible. So, no, no, no. I'm so happy to, to have you guys join this podcast. I know there's been, so listen, I know it's been a few weeks, but, you know, we're finally here now. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's worth the wait because these three people are going to, you know, as we, you know, we're move on now with, a new, you know, it's a new age of the DC Films podcast. And, you know, I, I know you guys are going to love these people because I get, you know, we've been geeking out and, and getting giddy with each other for the past four or five weeks now on Facebook, which is hilarious. So we're all pretty lovable good. in our own right. <laughs> Giddy good. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I thought this episode we could use to talk, you know, we could use this to kind of introduce you guys to the listeners. We can talk, you know, tell them about each other, um, each, you know, the listeners to, about each other, who you are, what you guys do for, uh, <clears throat> what you guys do on these websites and all these things. And, um, and then also we could talk about some DC news that has come out for the, for various films. So so let's go around the table, the, this invisible internet table, as you would call it. Mm. Uh, so uh, sorry because you're the you know the, you're the newbie in the podcast world. Like, tell everyone about you, your, yourself and uh, your your fa- your fandom to uh, the DC films and all that. Oh, okay, let's see if I can keep this brief and somewhat interesting. Um, my uh, my personal claim to fame would be that I am just a, a hardcore Batman fan. 
I always was a closet Batman <coughs> uh, as a uh, as a youngster and a young adult, and um, you know was weaned on the Batman '66 TV series. Like so many people, that was my introduction into comic book fandom. And of course, I had a love affair with the, with the series as a uh, like an elementary schooler. And went on to other things. I uh, really got into Star Wars for the uh, middle school and high school years. And then, then I fell uh, prey to that thinking that so many of us do, that that's for kids, not for adults. And so I put all of that behind me. But in the back of my mind, I was watching what was going on with Batman 89, Batman Returns, on down the road. And I kept saying to myself, you know what, I'd really like to just kind of give in uh, and become a full-blown Batman fan again. And I finally had to after I saw The Dark Knight Rises. And up until recently, that was my favorite Batman film of all time. And that is the film that just drew me back into uh, Batmania, if you will. And so since the <laughs> summer of 2012, <laughs> since the summer of 2012, I have just been a full blown Batman fanatic. I'm kind of giving into my inner uh, little Batman. And uh, trying to keep up with the uh, with the various films, the news, uh, Gotham, you know, all the uh, all the expressions of Batman in popular media. Um, but recently, because of the introduction of the DC extended universe, if you will, or DC films, I have become extremely interested in the other mythologies. And so, even though I'm not, I'm I'm certainly a newbie in that regard too. I know much more about Batman in general. Than I do the other DC properties, um, they have certainly captured my attention because of what I see as being the quality and the nature of the films that have been released thus far. And I'm extremely excited about the future and where the DC films are going. Um, so uh, currently, uh, other than keeping up with the news as an amateur, I'm really not doing anything on a full-time basis. Um, but this, as you have already said, is my First foray into into kind of getting my my feet wet uh, with fandom in a uh, in a a more hardcore way, and so I'm really looking forward to this. and And if I bring anything to the table, I still feel like such a such a newbie, such a an amateur. But if I bring anything to the table, it is a passion for the DC characters in general, specifically Batman, and a general appreciation for everything that Warner Brothers is doing with the films. And I think that's something that's missing, and uh, we we need to to be appreciative of what of what we're seeing. And uh, I also I think bring kind of the every man uh, every every fan's uh, perspective because I don't have uh, the history of being steeped in the comics, and I don't have a history of being like a movie critic or or a movie fanatic. So oftentimes I'm looking at these films uh, through the eyes of what the average person in the mainstream might be seeing them. And, and I think that's actually a plus on some occasions. I, you know, not that the other is not a plus, but this is what I think I bring to the table. And, and uh, I'm really looking forward to working with my co-hosts because I can tell that they bring an extensive knowledge uh, from, their, from their fields of expertise. And I'm going to be learning an incredible amount. So there will be times, I'm sure that I'm just listening and not doing a lot of talking. Do you have a microphone nearby you? Like one you can like touch? Mm -mm, be no, because, I don't. Because please, sir, if you do, drop it. Because 
that was a that was a that was a great introduction and I kind of feel like wow I feel so inspired now <laughs> like I feel like going out <laughs> taking a run and then feeling like all right I'm not in good health I can <laughs> run uh, <laughs> but um, what would you also say like before I um, pass it on to your other host what would you say is your favorite DC comics film right now so far in the DC extended oh. universe. Easily. Yeah, I don't even have to think about this or pray about it. Batman v Superman, hands down. Specifically, the Ultimate Edition. I was a fan of the first film and was very pleased with it. Really could not understand a lot of the criticism that I was hearing in the media and on social media. Um, But when I saw that Ultimate Edition, um, I fell in love. And it, it took over from The Dark Knight Rises, um, the number one position as a Batman film. And uh, and that's saying a lot because I generally tend to be real picky. I like my Batman films to be about Batman alone. So this one has really won me over and has gotten me excited about the future of the DC films in general. Awesome. And um, so now we're going to pass it on to, to Shana to, and, and you know tell everyone about yourself, uh, what you do on uh, DCComicNews.com. And uh, what is your favorite DC film so far out of the free ones that has come out so far and um, yeah wow I don't even know where to start uh, let's see well I got to be a huge hardcore Batman fan when I was 12 years old and ever since then I have studied and researched as much as I possibly could at one point I could tell you Ages, hair color, eye color, absolutely everything you could know about Batman and his villains. <laughs> what is Jason Todd's uh, eye color? Uh-oh. Pop quiz. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, dang. Yeah, pop quiz. You know, but that, that's the thing. It's a pop quiz. It should, you know, it's supposed to be a surprise. Well, now I don't remember all that stuff because my memory's kind of shot from college. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Let's, let's blame the education. Well, I think it was a little more than education, but... <laughs> But out of my favorite ones, I would have to probably say, on the contrary to what everybody thinks, out of the newest ones would be Suicide Squad. Just because I get to see my most favorite villain of all time, Joker and Harley, actually together for the first time. It's a good homage, too, a lot to what their history is, Mm -hmm. right? That was the only part of it that bothered me was they didn't show as much of the actual relationship history that they should have. They made it very flowery. Well, thankfully, there's the extended cut that just came out this week on digital HD, uh, so you you can purchase. So I sound like a sound like a Spurs fan. Did we? Yeah. And uh, what would you say? Like, you know, what uh, what drove you to um, you know wanted to write and you know now podcast about like DC DC stuff. Well, when I was 12, how I got into Batman was I saw Batman 89, and that very day that I saw it, I was actually going to commit suicide because I didn't no longer wanted to live. So mm. Batman kind of saved my life along with the Joker, so they're my heroes. Well, well we're glad they did because, you know, someone like yes, we, 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 we need people like you in the world right now. We need... Mm-hmm. Uh, optimistic oh. and uh, people that are filled with energy so i'm um, you know I, I think i can say for all of us that we're blessed that you didn't do it and um yes absolutely and um and yeah so 
So is there anything else you want to say about your origin story before we move on to, to Roy? So, yeah, well, ever since then, I decided my first idea was I wanted to be an actress and work alongside Jack Nicholson. We obviously see that didn't happen, but I decided I wanted to be a writer for DC Comics, and this is my first footsteps in the door. Awesome. So, so not last, but definitely not the least, Roy. Let's uh, let's let's go for your origin story, your secret origin. Uh, how did you? Uh, you can maybe also talk a little about it. Maybe more about you know your work at DC Comic News. Uh, for those maybe they're not aware of what DCComicNews.com and DarkNightNews.com is, uh, and what is your favorite DC film so far in the DC Extended Universe? So. Um... When I was uh, when I was a kid, I got a, a a garbage bag filled with VHS tapes from my grandmother, who loved going to garage sales and flea markets and things like that. And in those, uh, among those VHS tapes were 1978 Superman and 1989 Batman movies. So I, I pretty much lucked out with the big two. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, first one I saw was Superman. Uh, uh, it was, I believe, either 1990 or 1991 that I saw Superman for the first time, and I thought it was just absolutely incredible, and I fell in love with the movie. It really did make me believe that a man could fly. Um, and then shortly after that, I, you know, after watching Superman a million times, I, I decided to try Batman. At first, I wasn't sure if I wanted to watch Batman because I didn't know what it was. Um, I thought I might not like it because the the box art was very plain. It was just the bat symbol, if you remember, on the VHS cover. And it was it didn't really interest me. So it took me a long time before I finally watched it. And then I did, and I just I just shifted focus. I am a bat freak through and through my entire life. I've just been all about it. And you know, for for a while, like Sark said, you know, it was just kind of something I put to, you know, put on the back burner a little bit. It was always something in the back of my mind. But um, Batman '89 was always one of my favorite movies, and but so was Superman '78. So those those two those two films have pretty much been a mainstay of of my life and have driven me toward this uh, where I am now, uh, which is. Uh, the editor-in-chief of dccomicsnews.com, where uh, I get to write about uh, uh, Batman and Superman. I get to talk to people about <clears throat> DC Comics in general. For the longest time, it was just, for me, it was about Batman and Superman. And, um, again, I, it sounds like I'm stealing everything that Sark said, but like Sark, I kind of you know fell in love with the rest of the dc universe you know branching out to justice league the flash green lanterns um uh earth 2 there's there's so many so many different non batman focused and non superman focused stories that are that are just extremely interesting to me um so i i really enjoy uh, uh consuming everything that dc has to offer that being said uh, you know, given that Batman versus Superman came out and, you know, we got this whole DC extended universe being built right now. Um, I'm still going to have to say that my favorite uh, Batman or DC movie in general is going to be Batman 89 because it was uh, there's a, it's not just the movie itself. As I grew older, I got to 
have uh, I got to uh, interview Michael Uslin uh, while I was in college because he received his the world's first doctorate of comic books uh, it, at my university, and as such, I got to interview him for our college radio's news station, and we talked about it. And you know, he gave us copies of his biography, "The Boy Who Loved Batman." And just reading it, it's just totally and completely fascinating about this guy who just grew up loving Batman, doing what he loved, and you know, putting everything on the line. He, you know, his his relationships, his marriage, his he put everything on the line uh, to get Batman '89 made. And and you know, it's just I have tremendous respect for for his tenacity and his his dedication to uh, ridding the world of of the bow wham you know uh, uh uh batman of the 1960s and and listen uh, he doesn't really like he michael uslin says he doesn't really like the the 60s car, uh, uh television show because it's too campy mm-hmm. it doesn't really represent what he loves about batman it, it, that show definitely has its merits. You know, millions of people grew up watching batman 66 and and it had such an incredible uh impact on on not just not just pop culture but you know on the world uh in general that it it definitely has its place in history and i don't think we should try to extinguish that but um his effort to bring batman back to a uh darker place back to closer to where he was when uh, he was first created by bill finger and bob kane that it's just it's just a phenomenal achievement in film and in the comics world. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's really what's behind my pick for favorite DC movie of Batman '89. It's and it's the movie itself that's just fantastic. Uh, the only part I don't like was they changed everything around a little bit, made Joker kill Batman's parents, t- kind of to you know build that drama. But I see why they did it, and I can appreciate that. Um, I'm just glad nobody ever did it again. So there you have it. That's me. What would you say is your favorite DC and uh, DC film in terms of the the ones that has come out, like you know, with Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, and Suicide Squad? Oh, oh, uh, most recent film uh, would definitely be Batman vs Superman. I mean, I, I had my doubts at first because going in, I had I had read the reviews and I was like, we've been waiting for this movie for so long. Please don't be as bad as everybody says it was. And the theatrical version was great. I, I went to see it twice in the movie theaters. I took my son both times. Um, we both flipped our lids when Batman was on screen, whooping butt and, you know, throwing people around that warehouse. And, you know, it just it just warmed it warmed every fiber of my being when uh, Wonder Woman comes in and saves Batman from Doomsday's, yes. Doomsday's laser. She drops in, and then that music starts playing. Sorry, I just love it so much. Yeah, no, it's it was fantastic. The timing was perfect. The drama was built up right to where it needed to be, and the execution of that scene was perfect. My son, who is seven years old, was the only person in the movie theater to stand up and start cheering and clapping for one yes the entire theater and i was i was so incredibly proud because a you know he's seven years old he doesn't know what he's clapping for just that wonder woman saved batman but from my perspective um 
this is the this is the first time we see Wonder Woman on in live action on the big screen, and she's not just there as eye candy. She's not doing nothing. She just saved Batman's life, and mm-hmm. it's you know Batman doesn't need saving a lot, but when he does, it's big. And to have Wonder Woman do it, I mean, come on. Um, yeah, Batman versus Superman definitely is is on my number one top list of the dc extended universe right now um i own several copies of it i purchased a digital (laughs) digital copy i have it on blu-ray um i have it on dvd (laughs) if there are any other if there are any other formats that'll come out on i'll probably buy that you'll get those too the free the 3d blu-ray maybe um no 3d gives me a headache but you know maybe one day it's a collection yeah maybe for a collector do you have the ultimate cut Yes, I do. Of course, I do. Oh my god! Like, Absolutely. Much, you, you have way too much money on your hands, sir. And because, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. Much you're to my wife's chagrin. Our way. <laughs> yeah, I just get nervous owning too many versions of a film because I'm like, okay, now I have this one, and I have that one. But for some reason, I mm-hmm. don't want to buy this one. I, I'm, I can't. Oh, let me do tell this. you, I have, I have multiple versions of pretty much almost every. DC superhero movie that's been out. Almost every single one. I have all the Superman movies on DVD. I have Batman and Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and even, yes, Batman and Robin on multiple Boo! copies of those. On you have Batman and oh, Robin. Listen, Batman and Robin is a fantastic film, and here's why. Oh, God. Nowhere else are you going to get a film with Arnold Schwarzenegger just being a complete and utter dork and making it Fun. Oh, oh! There I is mean, one. It's called Junior. Yes. No, Junior was ridiculous. That that could never happen in real life. This. Oh, is, really? Hey, Roy, men, <laughs> men can't have children, really? Roy, That's Roy, cool. I'm with you on Batman and Robin. I have to admit, we're going to have oh, to have a long oh, discussion oh, about God. this. Shana, I'm like please, one of the Shana, few. Please tell me you don't like Batman and Robin because I need there needs I, to be a I time. I do not. I okay. think it's a abhorrent. Thing. It's an insult so, to Bane. I so, Roy, we'll have to make our case for that one day. Yeah, we're going to have to put okay, this Okay, Batman Forever is okay, though, because Batman Forever has some... There is there there is a good tone to that film and whatnot, and Welcome was actually pretty good as Bruce Wayne, but I don't know much about his Batman because... I know. I still see that one image in my head where he has, like, when he smiles and gives a thumbs up or whatnot. I'm like... Oh, from the from the bat plane? Yeah, I'm, he, I'm like, no, 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 you don't smile, you don't smile, you don't give the thumbs up. <laughs> if, if you give any finger, you give the, you, you the middle finger. Oh, jeez. No, listen, I mean, Batman Forever was like, the, that, that movie was what a comic book movie should have been in the 1990s. I mean, you had movies like Spawn, uh, The Phantom, and all those Steel. really crap movies yeah i mean i'm right there with you right there with you this i mean it was it was just a little bit campy so you know it wasn't taking itself too seriously um but the actors were putting everything they had into their roles they were you could tell they were loving what they were doing especially tommy lee jones um you've never seen him act out so so uh fancifully i mean he just got to completely let loose in that role usually he's like this stuffy uptight military guy and out here he's just a kid you know playing in a sandbox uh in batman forever i thought it was one of my favorite tommy lee jones roles and and the riddler though i will i mean we gotta give some love for jim carrey we're gonna 
You know, because Jim Carrey, like that film is Jim. I mean, that I mean that movie should just been called a rhythm. Jim against. Carrey was like was like Frank Gorshin incarnate. I mean, it was just it was just phenomenal. It was like watching the very first episode of the Batman '60s cartoon, watching Jim Carrey perform, and it was. Uh, did I say that I call it a cartoon? I'm sorry. It was. <laughs> it feels like a cartoon. It's a live. Well, there, cartoon. there is. A, I mean, the yeah, Batman really six, six, I mean, there is an animated now, animated movie now. Yeah, with there's the, an animated movie now. With oh, the and that is excellent. Yeah, that is another great one. But um, yeah, I mean, hey Roy. Yeah. Yeah, real quick, shameless personal plug. I love there hearing you your story it. about about uh, Wonder Woman's appearance. I've got it. As we get to know one another through the development and the evolution of this podcast, one thing you're going to find out about me, um, divorced after a, you know, a terrible 26-year marriage, recently um, fell in love again. And uh, I am dating a gorgeous woman by the name of Benita, Benita Johnson. Hey, Benita, if you're listening, hi, baby. Hi, and, Benita. Um, hey, Benita. We're not crazy we are, at all. She, no, is, no, she is my one Sark woman. is crazy. Get out. <laughs> yeah, she's figuring that out. But she's my she calls me her Batman. I call her my Wonder Woman because just like in the movie, I think she showed up in the nick of time and has saved my life. And so that theme song is her ringtone. Oh, and so that every is time awesome. she calls me. So I get chills every time I hear that song. So uh, your son and I would get along fine. We love <laughs> we love Wonder Woman and, and what she has done for Batman by saving his life. So oh, I, I just had to throw awesome. that shot. I can tell that me, your awesome. son and I would also get get along because the fact that you know, like when I see when I see you know boys when they share for female heroes, it means like you mm-hmm. know they're not just looking at them as you know like look there's sixty girls like no they're they're looking at, uh, as legit heroes and so on because you know at at their age they're not learning about feminism they're not learning about you know that you know you can't you know they they don't know the concept of sexism sexism yet or whatever so the fact that they're sharing Mm -hmm. up and they're sharing for you know female empowerment just makes me glad because like they learn that that way they can learn early in their lives that you know that women can be just as good as men so and you know that brings up another point too is that you know Historically, in cinema, you don't really have, I guess, a frontline female character, you know, female role models. I mean, for the Avengers, they have Black Widow, um, you know, and but she's kind of in the background. She's she's with Cap, Captain America in a couple of those things. But then she's also off on her own doing her own thing. And she's kind of with everybody at some point. And she's just kind of like that that supporting character that can be just used in any situation. Wonder Woman is, in my opinion, the very first female superhero to be well represented on film. And absolutely. Yes. And the, the fact that she is the first that not just adult moviegoers get to see, but kids going to see movies for the first time. Like some of these people, some of these kids that went to see Batman v Superman. And yes, it was PG 13 extended cuts R rated, but you know, kids still saw it. Some of these kids are seeing movies like this superhero movies for the first time. And they come in here and they're like, Holy cow, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Look at, you know, Wonder Woman, it's more than just, oh, that's a, that's a girl thing. Wonder Woman's a girl thing. And they're like, no, look at this. Look at this awesome character. I, I talked to my son after the movie. I was like, what was your favorite part? And he said it was Wonder Woman. I mean, Aww. The, 
Made me so, I mean, I'm so happy. I made me make me so happy because I. It's, it's, so cute. Did he love the Wonder Woman trailer, by the way? I, yeah, no, he can't wait to see it. He's, I was like, uh, you know, it came out what during San Diego Comic Con, and I showed no, it. No, to no, no, the, the, the like, new one, the new one that came out recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't show him that one yet. Um, <gasps> what, but we showed. Roy. I showed him. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I showed him the one from San Diego Comic Con, and he's like, "Daddy, when are we going to see this? I want to go see it." And he asked me for a week, "Can we go see Wonder Woman? Can we go see Wonder Woman?" I was like, "I had to explain to him, buddy, it's not out yet, but when it mm. comes out, yes, we will go see it." But um, you know, he's not just the he's not just the kid, you know, one of those boys that'll be like, "Oh, I don't want to I don't want to watch Wonder Woman because she's a girl and I only like man superheroes or however kids phrase it." But it's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's about just enjoying a character that for decades has been absent from uh, live action television and film. We've only gotten an animated version of Wonder Woman on TV um, as recently as just a couple of years ago. So to finally have Wonder Woman on the screen is just it. It shouldn't be just empowering for for women, and and it definitely is because she's a wonderful role model. Despite what what some people at the UN uh, would would have you believe after a couple weeks ago when oh. when Gal Gadot and this is why we Carter can't have pretty, this is why we we can't have pretty things as you know because this is why we can't have good things. Right. Because everybody complains. It's like, listen, Wonder Woman is is an important character. She was not built as a character to uh, be sexy. She was not created as a character to just be, uh, you know, somebody's arm candy or something like that, or even our eye candy. She was not. And and unfortunately, there are some people out there who believe that she was. And she was created specifically because comics in general were dominated by by male superheroes little there were little girls out there who wanted to read about superheroes but they had no one of their own to look up to so wonder woman was created to be that superhero for little girls to to be that uh uh, you know uh uh, inspiration for a woman who might want to stop work stop being a a stay-at-home mom a homemaker and get out and actually work and and do something for herself and and make her own way instead of you know conforming to what uh, a patriarchal society wanted her to be. So the fact that the fact that Wonder Woman now is finally getting her day in the sun, I think, is 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 a massive achievement. And mm. to be quite frank, it's it's way overdue. But I'm I am yes. glad that we finally have this here. And and you know, I have I have two daughters and we live in this superhero household. Everything in my house is about <laughs> it's literally about superheroes, you know? And you're doing it right. My and and my kids, I want them to have my daughter's name is is Holly Quinn. It's not Harley. My wife didn't like the name Harley, but her name is Holly Quinn. And it's upset. not you know, it's not that People will say that they're like, "Oh, you really want to name your daughter after Harley Quinn?" And and I have had that you know uh, conversation before, and it's not. Do you tell them that? Hey, Kevin Smith has a daughter named Harley Quinn Smith, so you know. No, no, I don't even bring that up. I tell. Here's what I tell them. I say, my daughter is named Harley Quinn, and here's why. First of all, she's an incredible character. The reason why she's an incredible character is that. She in, in current comics continuity, she was in a long abusive relationship with the Joker, and you know she was like 
doing everything she could to survive. She wanted him to love her and he just wouldn't give it to her. She finally, you know, she's strong enough to pick herself up by her bootstraps and get away from that situation and just become her own amazing character. And, and she's just turned into one of my favorite comic book characters because she represents the ability to overcome and to become better you know, a better version of yourself. So with that in mind, I named my daughter Holly Quinn. And, you know, it's just that, you know, she represents uh, becoming a better person than I was, than I am, you know, uh, overcoming the, the need to be supported or loved or, you know, by somebody who, not saying I don't love my daughter, I love my daughter to pieces, that's why I picked her, to, you know, <laughs> that's why I was like, she's got to have this name. Um, but to know that no matter where she goes in life, no matter how bad it gets, she was named Holly Quinn because she was named after uh, a character who could overcome any obstacle and who could make her life better as long as she puts it, you know, her best foot forward. So it's, it, you know, Harley Quinn's great character, uh, but, you know, it's it's about having balance in a superhero household getting back to what i was saying before um about the female female empowerment i have two daughters at home right now my my daughter my older daughter's favorite toy is my son's batman action figure which is great but there really aren't a lot of girl action figures which is why i'm so thankful that dc comics put out there's finally toys superhero toys that girls can play with they're not just barbies either you know Right, they're not Barbies. They're they're action figures. They yeah. have articulations. They come with you know uh, uh, battle accessories or you know things like that. Um, and you know it's it's we're finally coming to a place in pop culture where female superheroes are now being recognized as as no longer supporting characters or background characters or throwaway characters. These are frontline characters. You know, um, so it's it's important that my daughters see this kind of development in comics and pop culture in general, because they know as they're growing up that they are not forgotten, that they are embraced, um, empowered and able to just, you know, get into comics and not feel ashamed about it because they're a girl. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, uh, when I was a kid, I didn't really tell a lot of people that I love Batman comics. You know what I mean? Um, because back then it was the nerdy thing, but now you can like comics and you can read comics and you can like and watch superhero movies and people aren't going to look at you like, Oh, look at this weirdo. Where's your pocket protector nerd? You know, they're not going to, wait, 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 hold on. Back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. What's a pocket protector? <laughs> okay, a pocket protector. protector is? So, so like nerdy, you know, back in the eighties, there would be like the this stereotypical nerdy guy who would have a, a he would wear a, a button down shirt with a chest pocket where he would keep all his pens. The pocket protector is like a oh. plastic lining that he sticks in that pocket. So if one of his pens inks, it doesn't get all over the shirt. So don't forget you know. the glasses that's taped up. The, the black, thick frame that, that's glasses. Actually, that's a Harry Potter thing. That actually came much, much later. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
No, no, no that's that was a nerd. Thing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> no, but uh, Harry, Harry, Harry Potter just made it cool again. Um, exactly. They totally but, did. He totally did. Honestly. But female superheroes um, are. I, I'm. I'm very happy that they're finally getting their place in their sun in the sun and Wonder Woman specifically because it's it's been a long time coming. It's way overdue. And I'm just glad that my that I have two daughters here that and my son that I can share it with and and basically you know just sit there with my kids that we can go and enjoy it as a superhero movie, not as a female superhero movie. What I do on my website is I try to uh, uh, keep everything gender neutral. You hear about, for example, you hear about police officers or you hear about firefighters. And then you hear about female police officers and you hear, hear about female firefighters. The gender doesn't matter. What matters is, is who you are and what you do. So it doesn't matter whether you're male or female or, you know, some other gender. I, we, we are going to appreciate the character and the actions of that character and the story of that character. The gender part comes later, in my opinion. It's, it's not a top priority. And, and, and I hope that um, other people can one day feel the same way that I do about, uh, about gender. And, and I know there's a lot of talk about gender inequality and, and you know, uh, stuff like that. But we're working on it. The best place that you're going to find gender equality and and a movement to uh, to expand gender equality, one place that you're going to find that is in comics. Uh, I, I truly believe that, and in the comics world, uh, comics films. You know, it's it's one of the most progressive uh, uh, platforms that I've seen. Uh, with all the incorporations of of multiracial, uh, different religions different uh, uh, sexual orientations, all these different types of characters. And at first, everybody's like, why do you make Green Lantern gay? That doesn't make any sense. And it's like, shut up for a minute and pay attention to what's actually happening. They're not talking, hey, Green Lantern's gay now. He's going to do gay things. No, they're talking Green Lantern is a superhero and he's also gay. Oh my gay. god, all the gay things. I mean, you know, you just see all the gay things that I do on my weekends, Roy. I mean, when I get when I wake up, I eat breakfast. Well, you see how off. silly it sounds, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, the the things that uh, that make a person's character have nothing to do with their gender their sexual orientation, their religion. It's, it's about the story of that character and what, how that character approaches a problem and overcomes. It's, it's, you know, it's, uh, that's where you're going to find the most progressive, um, uh, uh, form of, of media is in comics and movies The the, the most progressive ideas are in comics and in comic book uh, based movies, you know, so it's, we're in a really, really important uh, period of time right now. It's a, it's a, it's a turning point for pop culture. And there are unfortunately people out there who want to keep the status quo, but I say just push through it. And, and, you know, eventually there's, there is going to be, uh, uh, there's going to be no no barriers dividing us. There's going to be no labels separating us. So I I embrace the comic book world. I embrace 
the the comic book movie world and and everything that they're trying to accomplish with these films. And I truly hey, believe that gender equality is one of those top priority things. Amen. Or yes, a and, and hallelujah. Women. So oh, sorry. I sorry. <laughs> I yeah, that's not. Hey, and Roy. Mike Drake. Roy. To, <laughs> yeah. To piggyback off of what you were saying too, and and bringing it back to um, here's a. Sh- I, I had a shameless personal plug earlier. Now this is a shameless podcast plug. Um, the the progressive movement that you've mentioned from the comics, it makes what we're doing here even all the more important to highlight the positive uh, aspects of the DC films that are slated to come out, not just the ones that have already been released, because the influence that film has beyond um, to reach people, to, to push those ideas into the mainstream. And so even though we can get kind of caught up in our fandom about, hey, first Wonder Woman uh, movie and the first, uh, you know, superhero movie to feature a female lead, it becomes even more important because of the, the tendency for things like this to influence not just current generations, but even future generations. And that's why I'm so excited that we'll be able to focus and draw positive attention toward the release of these films and what there is that we already know about. To appreciate, and so I, I love what you said, and uh, and it makes me excited about what we're going to be doing with this I'm, podcast. I'm very you know, excited right? about this podcast. I can't wait. So that's going to kind of wrap up the great info on all you guys. I think I'll actually learn more about you guys as well. So you know, and it's damn so damn inspiring. All three of you guys, you're putting me to shame now. Um, but we're not going to go through my audience because people probably know who I am already uh, if they listen to the Flash podcast, if they heard me before on this podcast. So, so we're going to uh, go on now and talk about some uh, these actual, you know, DC films now. You know, some news in the DC films world and so on to kind of you know get accustomed to how you guys will be covering these these films and whatnot. So let's go through a couple of news items that has come out in the past few weeks. So a few days ago, a week ago, um, Umberto Gonzalez off The Wrap and also Rogue Holly, which I work at, revealed that Christina Hudson, who is right now penning the, um, the Transformers movie Bumblebee, is that correct? Bumblebee something? Bumblebee Tuna. Bumblebee. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. I don't, I don't know what it's called. I, I know some yeah, Transformers. Tuna's movies. fine. Tuna works. I know yeah. Bumblebee's a Transformer. That's about it. Yeah, I think so too. But she is, she is going to be writing the untitled Harley Quinn slash Birds of Prey movie that is in development right now with Warner Brothers with Margot Robbie oh, producing okay. the film. And she's, you know, who plays. Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. That was a, I think that was a good Harley Quinn, by the way. Um, and um, yeah, so how does everyone feel about that? You know, like has anyone is anyone familiar with this writer's work before? Or are you, you know, any thoughts about this Harley Quinn movie uh, overall? Um, Shay, let's actually start with you, like uh, because I know you love, you know, you love some some Batman characters and Harley. So what? Oh, what, oh we start with me first. Oh yeah. boy. Well, of course, I'm going to shamelessly personally plug that I should have been the writer, being the biggest Harley Quinn fan in, like, the universe. <laughs> but. It's true. Know. I checked. The entire universe, it's, there's nobody bigger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a thing. She's the biggest. <laughs> but I have a personal thing where I feel like 
it's not the right time for a Harley Quinn solo film right now. I mean, there is oh. so much more that needs to be done with other characters that we haven't seen that have been in development a lot longer. So I'm kind of like, you need to kind of get those characters established first before we move on to her. Because I feel like they're just going on the hype train. Like, oh my god, all of a sudden, she's so huge, let's just go make a movie about it. And they're kind of not thinking about it. I definitely see where you're coming from with that. I mean, you know, we just got Harley Quinn as a supporting character in a movie. And DC Comics, granted, they know uh, how popular Harley Quinn is as, as a character. Uh, especially after the Arkham series, uh, especially oh. after, you know, the the animated Suicide Squad films and, and pretty much anything else that she's been in, Batman the Animated Series, all the comics, everything. They know they got a winner with Harley Quinn, but mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. It's something that should be worked up to. Um, <clears throat> Hype Train, I think, is an appropriate <laughs> uh, 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 title for her. Um, this this uh, Harley Quinn thing... It feels like it's being forced. I, I want to love. I want to love Harley Quinn in in the movies. I do, but we don't know what this Harley Quinn's about. Maybe the solo movie will help answer those questions. But she's never really been a main character of anything, even in the Suicide Squad. So. I'm on the fence about a about a Harley Quinn solo movie. On the one hand, I'd love to see it because there are, there is, are so many different directions they could take it in. But on the other hand, there's also really not a lot to work with in terms of story, in terms yeah. of you know this this character. She's always been in somebody else's story. Uh, the current run of Harley Quinn comic books notwithstanding but i highly doubt they're going to run uh, uh they're going to make a movie based on harley quinn and her gang of harleys but yeah harley quinn solo movie right now uh i don't, I don't i'm not really feeling it maybe maybe if we find out what they're going to write about what kind of movie it's going to be maybe i can get behind it but right now i just there's just not enough information for me to be excited and especially that's just... when even in her own comic series like her own solo comic series right now she always has somebody to back her up she's never really by herself that's oh, sorry. a really good point sorry what are your thoughts about this you know like you know i mean we know i mean with like they said we don't have a lot of information other than that it's Mar- margot mm-hmm. robbie was supposedly pushing for this film a lot like she fell in love with this character a lot so much that she wants to produce a film and whatnot around that so but what are your thoughts yeah. do, you, do you think you know do you have any first of all, do you know anything about this writer and secondly do you think it's too early to do a harley quinn you know esque film all right before i answer quick question do we even have a release date there's, no there's not date. a release date. They're, 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 no, okay, just all right. Announced. All right, just okay. Now, here's my take. I, I'm I'm okay with it, quite frankly, because and let, and let me explain why. At this point, we don't have a release date, so likely we're not looking at anything prior to 2018, 2019, maybe even 2020. We've already seen uh, prior to this that. These things, even though it seems like they're going fast at times, it does take a while to get everything set in motion, to pick a director, to pick a screenwriter, to to pick the cast, to kind of determine the direction that the vision is going to take place. I mean, let's look at Batman v Superman. We first we first heard the announcement. What was it? San Diego Comic Con 2019. Yeah, 
2013, just like a month after Man of Steel had been released. So it was it took three years almost for us to actually see the film in its final form. Um, so I suspect and maybe this is my wishful thinking and my tendency to think positively. I suspect that what they would want to do, Warner Brothers would want to do is to establish maybe more of her character possibly in Marvel fashion. I mean, we have heard uh, rumors that they're that they're trying to incorporate maybe some of those Marvel characteristics in the upcoming films and where I think we've already seen this, by the way. I mean, we, we had Batman v Superman, but then right after we have uh, Suicide Squad and some great cameos of the uh, Ben Affleck Batman and even Ezra Miller's Flash. And it sounds like there's going to be more of this kind of thing. I think there was even a rumor, um, and maybe the podcast has already addressed it, that Batman could cameo in the Wonder Woman film. Um, you know, I, it, we'll have to see if these things actually come into play, but I think we are going to see them try to strategically weave uh, other mythologies into each standalone film. And I think what that can do is it can create a composite that fleshes out the character much more than maybe we currently see uh, from Suicide Squad. So with that in mind, I think with, if we're looking at possibly three years down the road for this Harley Quinn feature to come out, I think we will have more um, that we've seen. And they'll be able to kind of get feedback from the fans, from the critics, and say, you know what, we really do need to flesh out her character more than we already have. And because of that, I'm excited about it. And um, and I do think it's wise. It's shrewd on Warner Brothers' part. Uh, I think I had heard that one of the best-selling, if not the best-selling female Halloween costume this year, you know, was was Harley uh, Quinn. <laughs> yes, was Harley yeah. Quinn. I mean, obviously, they are riding a, a wave. It's it's funny. I saw one of these articles, and, and I'm just going to make the side comment. One of these articles talking about the extended release of Suicide Squad, and they called it, they labeled it this summer's divisive Suicide Squad movie. And I thought, isn't that funny how it, if we're not careful, we will allow those negative voices in the media to drive the narrative for us when divisive movies, generally speaking, do not bring in that type of money. Right. And they are generally not that popular. So it's funny. We've got to be careful not to let negative thinkers dictate um, where where our mindset is. And so I don't think it was so divisive. I'm sure there were people who did not like the film, but clearly the majority, the mainstream, loved it and embraced it. So I think it's very wise, very shrewd on Warner Brothers' part to um, – perhaps create a little hype uh, and, and take advantage of that hype train. And here's my prayer that we will see Harley Quinn make some surprise cameos in several other movies uh, that we just kind of didn't see coming, but we'll get that moment of delight and glee and we'll see her featured um, just here and there in various movies, maybe justice league or the second justice league movie. Um, and then when her own feature comes out, we will feel better. We will feel more invested in her in this particular iteration of the character. So that's kind of where I am. I'm, I'm very hopeful, uh, maybe cautiously, but I'm very hopeful about where we'll see uh, see them take this film. Coming off of what you were saying about, about uh, uh, fleshing Harley Quinn out and back to what Shana says about – uh, uh, said about her not being, you know, a very good character on her own. She's always got to be with somebody mm -hmm. else. You know, uh, one of the things that is is being uh, tossed around right now is a is speculation that the Harley Quinn solo movie right now 
is set to be just a not just a, a Harley Quinn movie at all. It's actually uh, uh, might actually be a Birds of Prey movie instead right. that, Har- that Harley Quinn would be a part of, and it's just going to feature a whole bunch of female uh, superheroes and supervillains. Yeah, the Gotham Sirens. I think that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be it, it's going to be. If it's what we anticipate that it's going to be, if what's what they're speculating it's going to be, you know, it's not. It's not the Harley Quinn movie that that, um, that I initially thought it was going to be. You know, it's okay. it's really going to be more about, um, <clears throat> I guess, fleshing out those. Uh, you know, introducing us rather uh, to mm-hmm. more characters, more female characters, because right now all we got is Harley Quinn and Wonder Woman. And right. maybe maybe Lois Lane. Um, I think Lois Lane so, should be counted as a superhero in her own right. She's my hero, yeah. definitely, because she's a reporter, and she's, that's what I look up to. <laughs> so it's it, what it comes down to is what what kind of what kind of goal do they have in mind with with making a Birds of Prey movie where it's just all female characters, um, especially especially with you know a character like Oracle Barbara Gordon who pretty much you know she does operate independently of batman but she also has him uh completely in the loop about everything she does so he always knows what she's doing and you know uh she always knows what he's doing so i don't know if you can make a a movie about a character independent of any male counterparts if that is in fact the goal of this movie to uh, to just you know strengthen and give mm-hmm. uh, female audiences uh, something to look up to, look forward to, as opposed to alienating them. in, in a film like you know the <laughs> oh, excuse me, in a film you cut that part out. In a film where uh, something like the Avengers only has Black Widow, and as I mentioned before, she's just everybody's. Voice in the in their head, in the back of their head, or or a shoulder to cry on, and she's and the only empowerment that they give her is that she can kick ass, and mm-hmm. and, and that's all. Well they also have Wanda now. I mean, sure. I think Scarlet Witch is an empowering well, character now too. Well, Scarlet Witch is an empowering character when she's not being held hostage inside a room because everybody thinks she's too dangerous for her own good, and she ended up, she <laughs> ends up that's a good pushed point. to the back of the movie as a as a minor character. Yeah, she was. She had a great role in in Avengers Two: Age of Ultron, but in Civil War, they wasted her character. Yeah, so much. I mean, boy, she boy, was... you can't bring that up because remember, we're not supposed to judge the Marvel films the same way. <laughs> oh, 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 that's right. Okay, that's everybody, right. everybody, it and it's fine to like the way it's okay to because I, you know, look, we Twitter can be aggressive sometimes. So like Twitter. Simmer down, like you know, like don't get yes. angry. You know these are opinions, and I think they're simmer just, down. Simmer, simmer down now. Simmer I, down. I, the only thing I want to say about this, about this, is that I agree with a lot of you guys are saying that maybe it is too early, but at the same time, why wait? Like you know, like because you know the DC Extended Universe has been received with mixed reactions. You know, there's both good ones and bad ones. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that I think that's one of the reasons why they should, you know, take a step back and wait because right now, no, you know, it's 
very hard to get somebody to say something positive about the DC Extended Universe. You know what? Uh, and I think in next who year, isn't coming, already a diehard fan who hasn't bought everything, you know, every version of the movie that's out there. You know, so it's what they have to do is they have to appeal to the mainstream audiences. And unfortunately, if they want to keep continue being successful, that's what they have to do. Because while the core audience is, you know, the best fans and, you know, everybody who will be the most critical and but will also love uh, love the characters because they have such a passion for them, they'll be the most critical. Um, it's ultimately it's about making enough money to continue this enterprise and <clears throat> make sure that um, all future DC movies are well funded. And, you know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, they all made really good money um, despite, you know, all the negative reviews they got mm-hmm. and, and, you know, fan backlash and everything. But fans get upset. Fans get angry because um, they care about these characters and they want they want their characters to be done justice by these Hollywood types who don't really know that much. And I will say this, David Goyer doesn't know much. And that's why I think the Dark Knight trilogy, despite making over a billion dollars, fell short. Because those those movies, uh, I'm going to get crucified for saying this, but the Dark Knight Uh itself, the Dark Knight, the one that won the Oscars, I think is one of the worst Batman films (gasps) I've ever seen. Dun dun dun! That's interesting. The internet just crashed. Yeah, I swear to God. yeah, it's, it's I, even worse I than the election the now. I didn't even have than... to show my butt cheeks. We have time for about two more news pieces, and then we're gonna have to wrap up the show. So let's talk about okay. uh, actually, you know, three because you know this one can go quickly. Um, according to the wrap, um, we're supposedly gonna see a member of the Green Lantern Corps. In just the, in a as they say it a key sequence. So let's go around the table very fast and let's yes. give a guess of who which which Green Lantern member it could be of the core or you know which Green Lantern member the actual Green Lantern or if it, maybe it's a member of the core. Maybe it's not even like Hal or you know John or whatever. So Sark, who's your guess about this Green Lantern character that could show up? Oh wow, that is such a that is a great question, and I I would have never even thought you were going in that direction. Um. Number one, I hope it's true. I I think that is a fantastic way to build anticipation for the Green Lantern Corps film that's due, you know, later. What, 2020, I think, is the date we have for that? Sadly, yeah. 2019, 2020, something like 2020. that. 2020. Yeah. I don't okay. want to wait. Can't right. we just put the Flash movie on in 2020 <laughs> and then get, get Green Lantern, you know, get Green Lantern earlier? Well, hey, look, that wouldn't bother me either way. I'm fine with it, but I love the fact that this could be a possibility. And if it is true, which which one? Wow, which character? I I don't know if it would just be a tease about the existence of such a core. Um, my, I would almost tend to go with um, probably the best known. And wouldn't that be Hal Jordan? Wouldn't Hal Jordan essentially be the best known member of the core? Best known, yes, absolutely. But, but you know, they could go with someone else. But um, they could. Oh, certainly. Um, but if it, if this is a tease. Of sorts, my thought is maybe just kind of teasing that that he's out there, that he exists in this universe, and maybe um, some type of revelation of this of this force, this entity that exists in the universe. Maybe not even anyone becoming the Green Lantern, but just kind of showing that both of these entities exist in this universe. Ah, that's just my speculation. Okay. 
because yeah, uh, yeah, because uh, look at it this way: in Man of Steel, uh, which is the start of the DC Extended Universe, mm-hmm. nobody knew that aliens existed. There was, right. you know, a- and there weren't these, there weren't metahumans. You know, everybody, you know, Suicide Squad mentioned that since Superman arrived, all these weirdos have been coming out of the woodwork. All these metahumans hey, they and have super a name. freaks. It's called metahumans. Okay, all these metahumans. <laughs> these weirdos, my ass. No, they have a term. It's <laughs> called metahumans. It's called part of metagene. So, you know what? We have to be politically correct, Roy, okay. about fictional guys. characters. But, you know, all these metahumans <laughs> um, coming out of the woodwork. So, you know, there's not really a lot of room for them to introduce any of the other Green Lanterns that we know. Uh, uh, Guy Gardner, uh, uh, Simon Baz... Uh, 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 John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, oh, okay. Jessica right. Cruz. There's not really a lot of room to introduce any of those other Green Lanterns. I think it is going to be Hal Jordan. But I oh don't wow, think, so I, I said don't something think... possibly relevant. That's great. Thank you, Roy. I... All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think we're going to see uh, Hal Jordan become Green Lantern in the Justice League movie. What I think we're going to see is we're going to see uh, Abin Sur uh, crash land on Earth. Maybe he's there because he escaped a space fight with maybe Steppenwolf's uh, parademons or something like that. You know, tweak the nice. tweak the origin story a little bit to make it fit in this universe. And Abin Sur is gonna send off his ring, and his ring is gonna find Hal Jordan. And Hal Jordan, instead of being a, a, a mainstay, a focus, a super powered. Uh, uh, crime fighter like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and all the rest and Cyborg and you know Aquaman and the Flash being all together, he's really going to be I feel like off on his own a little bit, discovering his powers, trying to cope with learning how to use his will. So I, I think it would be really interesting to see you got all these big superheroes fighting a fighting a huge menace, and then during that whole period of time is how Jordan is in the background learning about his new abilities, learning about the green lantern core and, 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 you know, uh, uh, not just being a protector of earth, but being protect, uh, the protector of a sector of earth and training to use his will to create, uh, lantern, green lantern constructs. And then I really, I really honestly think that what they're going to do is instead of having Superman come out of the grave at the end of justice league said, I'm here to save the day. It's gonna be Green Lantern. I think it's. I think it's gonna be Green Lantern. Once oh. Hal Jordan gets a, gets a hold of what uh, uh, you know what his powers are and how to use hmm. them, he's gonna come in and he's gonna save somebody. Uh, whether it's whether it's the Flash or Cyborg or Aquaman or hell, it could be all of them. That he just comes. That's in a key sequence, like they, like they said on the rap. Exactly. Exactly. Roy, so, that's a. So. I mean, logically, it has to be Hal Jordan based on the universe that they've created. And okay, also, well, Roy, you know, that is a well thought out premise. And Andy, I just want to go on record to say that 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 is exactly what I was going to say, but I really didn't want to come off as that eloquent. Well, here's the thing: Roy can read minds. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, there you go. There you go. And listen, hey, if I'm right in in. A year and a half when Justice League comes out, we'll, we'll have it on record here that Roy knows what the hell he's talking about. Or uh, <laughs> we'll be able to look back and say, Roy, you don't know Jack. Just pack up yeah. your stuff. Does that mean yeah. we yeah. don't like 20 bucks? <laughs> yeah. Because let me tell you, I can spin a I tail pretty eloquently, but 
that was it doesn't, doesn't mean I know a lot. But hey, if DC's listening, if Warner Brothers is listening, and you like what I got better than what those jerk offs in Hollywood, excuse my language, <laughs> have right now for your Justice League movie, then oh, you know, God. Feel free to contact me here at the podcast. Okay. Yeah, really. Harley Quinn writer right here. Best one. <laughs> Best one. And if you need anyone to write about Jason Todd. I mean, I got I ideas. I, I mean, I I have an idea. I, I mean, I have mostly ideas for a Jason Todd, Roy Harper TV show, but you I've know, been, I've I've been spinning ideas in my head about what a Justice League movie could be for a few years now. Ever since they said there was going to be one, um, not not talking about Justice League Mortal, but I'm just talking about you know in the DC extended universe where it would be a Justice oh, League movie. Justice League Mortal that that like, that. That little project that it never came to be. I mean, so close, but yet so far away. I know, and I'm kind of happy it didn't happen. But oh, it I mean, been... I read the script. I read the script, and it's like it's interesting. But the same, I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, but, um, Shana, oh, sorry. But uh, anyway, so it's my idea. My idea for a Justice League movie, and they're they're heading in that direction. I think this. With Justice League, there is all these really super powered and really talented and skilled individuals. There's not really going to be a lot of challenges for them on Earth. Instead of, but instead of um, Lex Luthor uh, uh, being the guy who communicates with Steppenwolf to bring the armies of Darkseid to Earth's door, it was for my interpretation of what a good Justice League movie would have been, especially since they were originally planning a part one and part two. Is in Justice League Part One, Lex Luthor uh, uh, is well. We'll go back to Batman v Superman because this is this is where really the idea came in. Is that Lex Luthor, instead of finding kryptonite in the Indian Ocean, um, he's given the formula to uh, to synthesize it by a computer program on the crashed ship. Um, and the computer program would eventually uh, uh, manifest itself as Brainiac, who would then try to, let's say, steal a city. And Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman come together, and then you have all these cameos, just like just like what they did in BVS. I mean, it's almost, you know, and I can't, uh, it, you know, it's it. I, I think it would have been it would have been a much better story. Than, than what was told in Batman versus Superman. That being said, BBS is still my favorite, but um, anything, any of my ideas are always better. So um, then that's the way would, we all feel. Exactly. So then you have Brainiac is defeated, but um, the way that they defeat Brainiac triggers some sort of signal or distress or something like that, or just some kind of beacon that. Uh, uh, makes the new gods aware of Earth's existence and the existence of metahumans on Earth, and specifically Kryptonian, uh, a Kryptonian, uh, which is what Darkseid wants. So then you have Apocalypse. You have the armies of Apocalypse just converging through boom tubes at random times on Earth, and you know the Justice League is stopping them here and there. And at the very end of Justice League Part One. You have Darkseid himself step out of a boom tube, and it's Michael Ironside in lots and lots of makeup and and prosthetics, <laughs> and he just comes out and he says, "So we finally meet Kryptonian in that awesome Michael Ironside voice," and then 
to be continued. I got off on a little bit of a rant, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I want to make sure I, I, I want to make sure that we hear you guys from are you guys are in, you guys are enraptured by it. You're like, yeah, this sounds awesome. I'm I mean, O M to G. I'm so yes, I'm it like, does I'm sound like, impressive. <laughs> but uh, so Shayna, Shayna, what what do you think? Uh, who do you think that Green Lantern could be uh, before we move on to the next news item? See, I'm super partial to the Justice League that I grew up with with the animated series. So, of course, I love Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. So, they're my favorites. But, I feel like Green Lantern's part of the original Justice League, so why would he not be in it? So, I'm kind of like mind blown at the fact that they're like playing with the idea. I'm like, well, why would he not? Uh, duh. It's funny you bring up the original Justice League. (laughs) Because then I was like, maybe it'd be Alan Scott. Who knows? Oh, my God. Or, I'm just going to throw this out. What if it's Jessica Cruz? I mean, you know what? I would not mind at all. I mean, I don't know much about that Greenlander, but, you know, I know that, hey, what if we had a female Greenlander, actually, instead of, you know, one of the boys? You know, I'm just... Just putting it out there, and I'm sure people are going to send me hate, be like, you know, uh, and it's supposed to be Hal Jordan or John Stewart, just get with the program already. It's, o- it's, it's you know, it's OTP, whatever. Um, I don't know how you can say OTP with the teams, and never mind. But, um, but yeah, we, I guess we will have to wait and see who it will be. So let's move on to uh, one of our two final news pieces. Uh, Willem Dafoe, who may be mostly known as the jo- not the Joker, why did I say the oh, We I wish. Was, the Green Goblin. Green Goblin. He was known as the Green Goblin and, in Spider-Man, but now he's going to take... for the record, he never auditioned for the role of Joker for Batman 89. He auditioned for the role of Bruce Wayne Batman. We almost had Will oh, that would be so Batman. wrong. That would be so wrong. Yeah. But yeah, he's going to be playing... The foe will be playing and Nudis Volko in Justice League, but it appears that he is actually going to be appearing in Aquaman as well. So, in an interview with The Guardian, he he was asked, as much as you enjoy working on personal films by strong director, you're also making Justice League, which is presumably by the opposite of that. And he said, well, Justice League is very particular because it's an ensemble movie, and my character is being introduced here in order to be a principal role in Aquaman. These films are different experiences. They have different responsibilities, different resources, and different attentions. It's nice to go between these worlds if you can. They say they, they, they serve different impulses. So what he's, say, what he's saying is they're very different. Uh, sorry, he just used the word different so many times in one sentence, and I'm like... <laughs> Whew, I feel different now. So, so what do you guys feel like? Are you guys uh, looking forward to seeing Defoe in uh, in the DCEU as well as in the Aquaman movie? And uh, let's start with, sorry, let's start with you. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, to me, he's one of those actors that brings a lot of uh, wicked gravitas to a role. I mean, as we saw in the Spider-Man movies, and um, I personally, I'm glad that he's a part of the DC properties now, and I think that's great when we get. Uh, uh, actors and actresses that uh, carry a lot of weight um, with their performances, and they're also popular. Uh, I think it's great when we get their credibility and their talent on board with the DC Universe. And so, personally, I love the idea that he's going to be in both of these films. Um, again, here drawing some correlations. I'm not a Marvel hater. I'm just not a Marvel lover. I, I get kind of bored 
with the films in general. And that's oh, that's holding me to a hair. Sorry. Oh my god! If you're not a lover, that means that you don't like them. That means that you're a horrible no, exactly. person. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And so you're going uh, to hell. You know what they do with people? I am. You know what they do to people I've in hell a... that don't like Marvel movies? Nothing. <laughs> yes but but i am it's not my nature to be critical of of the marvel movies i have gone to many of them they're just not a big priority with me so if it if i have the funds and i can go enjoy myself and and i usually watch them to me they're somewhat forgettable they don't stick with me i just have a passion for the dc characters and that is not meant to be a criticism of them um it's just personal preference but let me give you an example. Saw Doctor Strange on my birthday weekend here a couple of weekends ago. Um, didn't know anything about the property, the franchise, uh, uh, or that particular uh, you know, mythology. So it was a learning experience. But something I noticed, and spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the film, there is a tease at the end of the film where he is in a conversation with Thor. And even though I haven't seen any of the Thor movies, I have seen the two Avengers movies. And I've seen how Marvel has done a great job of letting these characters appear sporadically in various films so that it continues to flesh out that universe. It deepens it. It gives it a, a sense of reality uh, in believability. And that's what I'm looking forward to with this type of move from Warner Brothers, that, that they would have uh, Defoe in both films. And, uh, and it will lend that same type of deepening of reality and believability. Um, and that's, that actually goes back to what I was saying about the Harley Quinn film or perhaps the Birds of Prey film that will come out that maybe we'll have a chance to see some of these characters show up in various films. And when they all come together in an ensemble piece like that, it will make it exciting for all of us and especially the mainstream who we want to learn to love these films and these properties the way that we currently love them. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm on board with it, and I can't wait to see what he what he brings to the table. Shayna, what are your what are your thoughts about Defoe? I mean, I love him. I think he's an amazing actor, and of course, I really want to see him play Joker sometime before he dies. <laughs> But, like, I'm, like, super glad they're bringing him into it because I'd really like to see what he's going to do, especially as, like, possibly a villain, since that's what he's good at. <laughs> and Ro- Ro- I almost called <laughs> I almost called him Raina. Uh, Roy, uh, what like are your... <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> Roy, what are your thoughts about Willem Dafoe's comments as well as him? Now, you know, now we know he's going to be in Aquaman. Or well, Aquaman, I'm not... as some people would say it. <laughs> Aquaman, <laughs> Batman, Cyborg, The Flash, <laughs> Superman, and Wonder Woman. Ooh, and the piece of Green Lantern. Oh my oh, god. god. I don't know why it went so- why it went softer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so he is um he's like everybody say, he's a fantastic actor. He's got great range. If you watch him from from uh, Boondock Saints to the Spider-Man trilogy. And then, you know, just honestly, those are the only movies that I watch with him in it that I really enjoy. Uh, I don't really have a lot Has of he been nominated for an Academy Award in, in uh, any of the work he's done? Because if ha- he hasn't, I feel it would be wrong. Um, I'm not sure. It's, it, he's, I mean, it's, like I said, he's, I think he's a really great actor. And he's got, he's got a lot of talent. Oh yeah, he's been nominated but for Oscars, my, cons- my concern is the, the version of um, Volko. Volko that he's going to play. 
because you know you've seen Volko pretty much remains the same type of character throughout most of the continuities of Aquaman, but he's also so differently portrayed in so many different retellings of the story of Aquaman that you really can't peg it down. And because of that, I'm not sure how Willem Dafoe is going to adjust and fit into the role of that character. In all honesty, he's probably going to have to make something new out of it. And if he does, that means, for me anyway, that the character will be that much more interesting because Willem Dafoe tends to... uh, be over dramatic in his in his acting, even when it even when it calls over dramatic. What? What are you yeah. talking about? What are you talking about? That crazy you green goblin, like you know. Well, you've <laughs> well you've seen you've seen how he uh, how he acts. Like uh, yeah. if I mean, you've he's, ever he's seen, he's he's phenomenal. I mean, I'm not trying to, to like you know like well, you know like shame on or anything like that. You know, but he no, has no, no, a no. tendency to be a little bit dramatic sometimes. But you know what? I yeah, think absolutely. Bo- I don't think Volko is going to be that honestly. I think he's going to be more of an ally and kind of more toned back a little bit. Well, yeah, it's hmm. it's it's obviously he's going to he's you know, but uh, uh, Volko is like uh, Volko is in in some instances he's Aquaman's regent. He's his right man hand, uh, right hand man. <laughs> he's his right man hand. No, he's his right. uh, right. top oh. advisor. You know what I mean? That is going to so, be so dirty to so many people. Like you know, mm, yeah, he's his right man hand indeed. That's that's why I keep bringing up Boondock Saints, but if you know what if you know that reference, but anyway, so um, he uh, he's gonna have to he's de- I feel like he's definitely gonna have to make it his own because there's so many different tellings of Volko. Volko is always a close or top advisor to Aquaman, and so I think he's going to be playing a, a, a relatively major role. Now he's got to be a good guy in it though because he's always. He's always done things for Arthur Curry. He's always, you know, fought on Arthur Curry's side because he believes in Aquaman. The one thing that I would say would be a failure to this character is if he is if they the writers turn around and say, uh, you know, this is what I'm deathly afraid of is that they're going to turn around and they're going to make Volko like a secret bad guy who's working uh, for Orm. Uh, uh, to you know, uh, um, stop the surface dwellers or something because he feels like Arthur might betray his kingdom, uh, to the surface dwellers or not protect his kingdom from the surface dwellers or you know things like that. And if if that happens, I think it would be a true failure of the character and of the movie as a whole because it's not really how it's supposed to go. But I think, I I think as in as an actor, Willem Dafoe, whatever, whatever they can do with that role, whatever he can do with that role, I know it's going to be pretty amazing. I just hope they don't destroy the character in the process. Mm. See, <laughs> so, um, but my thing is, as long as they keep the character faithful to the source material, um, then the movie itself will be good in my eyes. Uh, because they right now they're they're building out a, a, so a so far amazing cast, and it's just it just falls to the writers whatever they do with these characters. So whatever happens, you know, I I just hope that they know that everybody's watching and they know these characters. This is what comes back to what I say before about you know fans being super passionate about uh, about these characters. So we'll see. 
We will see. Yeah, we get fangry if you don't do it right. Fangry. <laughs> fangry. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, fangry. I'm going to use that, that word so, so hard. So, okay, so we have one last piece of news to talk about, which is kind of big, because uh, recently um, a new trailer, the first trailer, I think, for the upcoming anime movie Just League Dark was released, featuring the, some of the more darker, magical characters of the DC Universe came together and for this animated film. film. So, so Roy, what are your thoughts about the trailer as a whole? What are you, what are you most excited for, and uh, what are your what voice actor are you most excited to like hear mostly from? Because I'm wondering how many of you are actually going to say Matt Ryan as John Constantine because I think that's what a lot of people have been saying so far. So, what you got? Um, I think it's fantastic that they're that they're still using Matt Ryan uh, as Constantine because you know his show got a really bum rap. NBC was the wrong place to put it, and and unfortunately it was the downfall. And it's the first time you get to see that side of the DC universe, and the fact that they brought him on for a cameo on Arrow was absolutely you know phenomenal, and and it, it was shows, a really big role. And, actually, and it, because... it, it was it was a very big role. It was it helped him. Def- it helped a. a, a uh, uh, Green Arrow defeat Damian Dark and it was what it came down to was um, that was one of one of the most watched uh, episodes I think it was one of the highest rated episodes What's for really? viewers yeah, before, uh, the, before be, the with the Matt show, Ryan before the show I mean, before itself, the, the, right um, and so you know that that shows that there is a desire to see constancy there are people out there that thought Matt Ryan's Constantine was absolutely fantastic and that it should never have been canceled. So, you know, there were all these fan petitions and, and DC comics news mm-hmm. actually got involved with it. We ha- we talked to one of the, uh, one of the companies that wanted to possibly buy the rights to, uh, uh, to start filming episodes again of Constantine. And, you know, it was, unfortunately, I, I feel like that business was a little bit too small to to gain something like that um but it was there's such a niche fan base for it i'm not sure if we'll ever see constantine in live action again so that's why i'm well that we're getting there is just a league dark dark universe in that they mean had a director so i mean you will see him again but it's just will we get to see Matt ryan again or is you know there's rumors going around that colin furl is supposedly playing the role and i'm like please no um Oh God! As long, well, hey, as long as they don't bring back Keanu Reeves, I don't care. oh Lord! I mean, <laughs> can't we just bring in Matt Ryan and say that he's the the Earth he is he's he, Earth DCU of Matt, uh, Constantine? He is John Constantine for everything. That's it. Yeah, um, I'm really I'm really excited about this cast. Uh, though you know you got you got people like uh, uh, Rosario Dawson coming back as Wonder yes. Woman. Jerry O'Connell is going to be Superman again. Um, Alfred Molina's coming in to play the character Destiny, which is going to be awesome. Um, That's going to be amazing. J- Jason Amara coming back as Batman. Um, you have Enrico Colantoni uh, for Felix Faust. I hope I said his name right. Um, and it, it's just it's just really, 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 really great cast. And I'm oh really my god, I just super excited. So, sorry. Specifically, so I'm really excited specifically. Because they are bringing uh, Roger Cross in, who was um, who's famous for you know stuff like the Chronicles of Riddick. He was on Twenty Four. 
Um, he was in. Uh, uh, he was actually in Arrow. If you remember, oh yeah, him, was... the Continuum actor. Oh, I know him. He's cool. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be playing both John Stewart Green Lantern and Swamp Thing in this movie, Ooh. which is Swamp Thing. It, I'm really super excited about. I I loved the movie when I was a kid. Um, I loved reading the Swamp Thing comics, and I loved Swamp Thing's role with the Justice League Dark during the Forever Forever Evil run. So I I feel like this this movie this movie is actually based on the trailer that I've seen is actually uh, I feel like it's going to be based on one of the one of those stories in the New Fifty Two of the Justice League Dark as it even shares the the design of the title. Yeah, so, I just so, looked at the list of the cast. By the way, here's another cool Constantine TV show connection: Jeremy Davis, who played Richie Simpson in the show. He's actually reprising the character in the film. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, I just went through Wikipedia and they, they listed a story that he's in it. And I'm like, D- see, D- like no. I feel that like Warner Brothers are they love this show and they love what Matt Ryan did with Constantine so much. They, they I think there's a strong chance, maybe just maybe. And guys, don't quote me on this because I have no answer. I have no information, but I have a feeling maybe. Maybe just just maybe they might consider Matt Ryan for something in live action, like maybe on the big screen, because they know, like you know, I mean, yes, the rating for Constantine wasn't great, but this guy, this character, like he could help lead the film and bring the film like to a huge popularity. So, um, I mean, in the live action one, but um, but overall, you're you're overall you're happy with the trailer. Uh, absolutely. I think it was a fantastic trailer. It definitely builds up the hype. I know a lot of people were really upset because Batman was in it and he's the one kind of getting all these guys together. Um, but because, especially because in the Justice League Dark comic, Batman didn't really have that big a role. He was just kind of taking a back seat. But he, there were parts where he did get involved. So, um, uh, there are some fans who are a little bit concerned that they're oversaturating everything with too much Batman. Um, yeah, I mean, it is you know, true. There's a lot are. of Batman. There's a lot. Of, I mean, almost all the upcoming animated movies so far has been Batman so far. Like, it feels like right. that. And, and like, also, look, I love Jason Omar. Like, I love him with Ada Shield right now, but he's not really a good pick for Batman. Like, he doesn't. I want Batman to scare the F out of me. I I want to be terrified. Jason Momoa just like you know. He's just kind of monotone, got, we, right? We we gotta get we gotta go. We gotta go save the day. Yeah, I'm like, he's, I'm he's like kind what? of monotone. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, it's but the, it, for the animated film itself, first of all, it's it's Justice League Dark, which means we get to see a whole slew of characters that have never been portrayed before on in any animated series or on live action or anything like that. Uh, yeah, you got Swamp Thing, who had his own movie back in the day. Uh, you got uh, Felix Faust. You got John Constantine. Um, but I'm talking like Jason Blood Etrigan, Boston Brand Deadman. This is the first time we're getting to see Deadman, I think, uh, except for Brave and the Bold might have been the only other place where we've seen him. He almost and had his own TV the, show. The, the revival of John Stewart Green Lantern. I mean, come on. This is the first time we're seeing him... Uh, outside of the comics since the end of Justice League Unlimited. So I'm really excited to see the return of Jon Stewart and how they handle it for this. He hasn't so, been anything animated since since then. No, that can't be true. Since He's, Justice League Unlimited. Maybe he maybe wasn't John Justice. He wasn't John Justice. Was he? 
Yeah, he was voiced by Kyle, Kyle, Kevin Michael Richardson, and he's been, I think, in at least a few episodes. He was in the pilot, um, and then he also he was referenced in the animated Green Lantern show, and I think he appeared in Static Shock. So we have seen him. Oh, um, no, you're right. I'm an idiot. Okay. No, no, don't, so, don't, okay. Don't, don't be hard. So that kind of puts a damper on my excitement then for the return of Jon Stewart. But <laughs> still, he's one of my favorite Green Lanterns, and, um, and I'm just looking forward to seeing him. Shayna, what were your thoughts on the on the trailer, and who, what voice actor you're most excited about? I'm not really sure. I mean, I had to write an article about it for DCN, and that was the first time I've really heard about Justice League Dark because I've been kind of out of the loop, and then I did some research, and I'm like, oh, what's going on here? What's this all about? Oh, this is cool. So of course, I was super excited, like, yay, more Batman. But then I was kind of like, ooh, you know, this Atta is the girl. first time I'm ever going to get to see, like, Swamp Thing and Dead Man. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I've never got to see these characters before, and now I get to see something new. And, Sark, what are, what are, what are, what are your thoughts about the trader? Do you have any connections to this team? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting because uh, since falling in love, as I mentioned earlier, um, that has begun to consume my time. And so I'm a little behind on news and... And the latest, so listening to the to uh, to the conversation, I've been looking up information, and so this has been kind of a crash course for me. And I am excited. I watched the uh, trailer, did not want to disturb the uh, the recording, so I put it on mute, and I've only seen it. I'll have to go back and watch it. The animation looks fantastic. I am one of these that um, yeah, there was some criticism about the new direction of DC Animation starting after uh, the departure of Bruce Tim and company. And uh, they, there was kind of a reboot, if you will, and uh, they wanted to go with kind of a shared oh, like um, a flashpoint. And, yes, exa- thank you. Yeah, that, I've forgotten that that's what kicked there it all go. off. There you and, go. Um, and so, uh, of course, I purchased that uh, when it first came out. And I'm one of those that even though the difference in animation style uh, and the different voices were a little off-putting at first, what I did, I kind of cast my lot with this direction and said, look, Let's see what they do with it. I'm one of those that has come to really enjoy each subsequent release. I'm a little behind this year um, with some of the most recent releases, but uh, most of them I own. And I have enjoyed seeing the consistency, which is it's almost a uh, I've heard it compared to the uh, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe here for D.C., at least in their animated universe. Um, Kind of this consistency and seeing characters show up in various features. Um, So this looks fantastic. And I have to admit, I do worry at times about oversaturating the market with Batman, even though I clearly have a Batman b- bias. And uh, I'm yeah, well, guys, like, wait till you hear his handle for, on Twitter. You will, you will get it. <laughs> I'm one of those that really believes that you know you can never have too much Batman. But I like to me this use. This looks like they're using him wisely. So if you're going to use him, and I see they're also going to use Superman and Wonder Woman. I mean, Justice um, League is in this. I mean, they're having Justice League and Justice League Dark in this film. Right, right. And so, see, that's interesting. So you're you're putting those characters out there, but yet you're using them to entice the mainstream audiences into um, experimenting with these newer characters that they may not be familiar with. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, so, and I'll bet Roy probably has some uh, experience with this from what I have heard. And he also Shayna, sometimes like the uh, the fans from the comic only kind of sectors, 
sometimes they can be they can come across as overly purist and uh, and they feel like they own these <laughs> characters and I understand that I really do um but Thanks they for bless their <laughs> But no, and they have the best of intentions and they want to they want to see these characters loved and embraced in a certain way. But what these other uh, sources of media do is they, in essence, let me borrow the phrase, they promote the gospel. You know, they get the good news about these characters out to audiences that just have no interest in a comic book. And so I love seeing them flesh out these characters, whether it's live action or in this case, animated um, and that excites me because it means that more people are going to know about these uh, more um, obscure characters to many of us. And uh, and it looks fantastic. So I'm excited. I have to admit, I'm in. I can't wait to own it. For me, I I mean, I love Matt Ryan so much. Constantly. I mean, look, I, come yes. to, I, I used to review the show on uh, our website. I used to work for And I was so – I mean, I had a feeling that the show was getting casual and I'm like – this is why I don't trust NBC. Anymore. I don't watch any programs anymore on NBC. Like I know there's that Powerless <laughs> show that's coming up that is a you know a sitcom based in the DC universe, and I saw the pilot of Comic Con. I was kind of like, uh, whatever. But you know, I will give it another shot. But at the same time, like I don't invest in NBC shows anymore. So I'm so excited for this film, and I'm actually, I, I, and I think it's interesting that they're using this animated movie in some way. I think to kind of help push. The, the you know the attraction for the live action version because oh yes because right before the, the a few months before the trailer came out even I saw and that's when we got an announcement that there's a direction now for just sleek dark or dark universe as they're calling it and I feel that this movie is gonna it's a test it's a test on this platform to see how people will react mm. to something like just sleek dark and. I think the animation looks great. I do think, again, I don't get why Batman has to be in this, why he has to assemble them. But at the same time, I think in many ways he acts as the eyes of the audience that are getting new to, you know, introduced to this aspect of the DC universe. That's a magic. good way to put it. But at the yes. same time, it's like there's tons of other characters that could have done that. Uh, and again, I just don't think Jason Amara is the most convincing Batman. But again, Mr. Amara, if you're listening, I love you. Either Shield, I have a big crush on you on Shield. But I just feel that <laughs> in animation, you could have brought in any character. It would have honestly been in, because I almost feel like now is Batman the one to assemble these people or not? But you know what? I'm just excited. I mean, this is the first time since let me look at the list of DC anime movies that have come out since Batman the Killing Joke, and um, wow, since yeah, since that movie and um, Assault on Arkham that I've been this excited for a DC anime movie. I mean, I love all the most of the DC anime movies that's come out since. Flashpoint, but I just feel that there's a lot of Batman, and I'm getting a little bit tired of it. Um, but I'm, you know, but I'm excited for this League Dark. I'm also excited for Teen Titans: The Judas Contract, and, and you know what? I'm actually excited for Batman and the Harley Quinn movie that is coming out. Um, again, I have no idea what they're planning to do with that, but you know what? Go for it. Um, so, but this trade looks great. I these characters. I mean, Ma- I mean, Mad Ryan is the one that steals the show, steals the show for me, and. Um, I'm still not digging the, the, the design for Satana because I don't like her with just that top and no fishnets. I kind of wish she had the traditional costume, but you know, whatever. But, uh, but I don't know. I think it looks really great, and I can't wait when it comes out on February seventh, two thousand seventeen, on Blu-ray and DVD. Okay. And, uh, and FYI, Warner Bros. did not pay me to say that. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but, and Swamp Thing, I want to learn more about Swamp Thing because I know there's a lot of fans, a lot of fans and lovers for, for Swamp Thing. So I'm excited to see what 
this what it is that people love so much about this character because I've not read a, I don't think I've read a single comic with him. All I know is that people want him in live action and that they really love him. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're gonna do with this. And um, yeah, I mean, hopefully this is the beginning of a, like a Justice League Dark franchise in animation and hopefully in live action too. So I'm excited, but. We've gone for a very long time, but you know, I felt you know because yes. you know because we've been off in the past few weeks. You know, it's been, you know the release of the episode has been kind of on and off. I felt you know it, you know it's fine if we have a long because because now, guys, listeners, you get to, you get to know these free hosts, these amazing hosts that are going to carry this podcast to to new adventures and lengths. So I'm I'm looking forward to listening to you guys every week and you know pass on the the responsibility over to you guys now. So so now we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show. We're gonna do some plugs about where people can find you guys on social media and then we're gonna make sure people know where they can find this podcast on social media and on you know online and so on. So so Sark, let's begin with you. Where can people find you on social media? Okay, on social media, uh mainly I have a presence on Twitter and uh you can find me at Holy Bat Pastor and the inspiration for that was I used to do pastoral ministry years ago, and I'm a little different pastor. You know, sometimes probably some of the things you'll hear come out of my mouth might not sound very pastoral, but the thought occurred to me, you know, everybody needs a pastor at some point in their life, even the Batman, and that's kind of the inspiration for the idea. And uh, I haven't been on Twitter very much recently, but um, uh, I'm going to be making a return and doing what I love to do, and that's tweet about Batman in some form or fashion. And then also to um, to build up excitement and uh, attention for uh, our podcast so that we can uh, kind of, you know, synergize uh, along the way. So I'm also on Facebook and I've got a different handle there. I'm, uh, you can find me at uh, Sark Sharkskin, if you like. And then, of course, the DC Films podcast. Awesome. Uh, and Roy, where can people find you on social media? And also, um, if people aren't, again, not familiar with DC Comic News or Dark Knight News, where can people find those websites and all, as well as on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter at DCN underscore Roy. Um, I'm there usually most of the time either sharing reviews that my staff have written from, from DC Comics books, uh, chatting with whoever will talk to me. <laughs> Or, or basically, you know, just just a troll in Twitter to see to see oh what's my going God. on. No, not that someone kind, that, not that kind that of trolling. Admit, not that kind that... of trolling. Okay, I'm not I'm not like a jerk on social media. God, you should just get a job because you're wasting your time protesting. No, I'm not one of those guys. Um, <laughs> that voice. I, oh, that was perfect. <laughs> I am, uh, you know, I, I troll Twitter, you know, you know, kind of like uh, when you're in a boat and you're you're driving up and down a river or a bay, just putting a fishing line in the water and hoping something gets caught on it uh, that you can reel in and eat later. Uh, that's basically what I do on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, you can search DC Comics News and Dark Knight News um, and then also check out our websites, DCComicsNews.com and DarkNightNews.com for all the latest uh DC Comics related news. Uh, we have some of the best comic book reviewers out there um, on our website, uh, and you know they just write amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, even though, uh, even though a lot of people may not agree with some of the things that they say, but they are really amazing writers, and they really work hard to review as many books as we possibly can. Um, we get about fifteen to twenty books, uh, book reviews published every wednesday so it's really it's really a lot of work and it's a lot of fun and i'm really proud of those guys Hashtag and, hardcore 
Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> What's and up? Darknightnews.com. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you can you can find me at any of those places um if you ever want to get in touch with me directly just send me an email roy at dccomicsnews.com uh guys you know someone uh you know we're i'm very excited to be co- starting this collaboration with uh with those websites you know back in the summer i met a uh, big shout out to uh to damien whose last name i can't pronounce but it is uh, he's an amazing uh, guy who run, who help, who runs those websites and he is from australia we met him uh, at the, the cw party for the comic-con and we we connected we bonded and so on and he he's actually going to be one of the producers of this podcast so um you know we're excited to do these you know starting these collaborations and so on and so guys if you haven't done so please check out those websites follow them on twitter and facebook and instagram to keep up with all the latest on batman as well as dc news so Shayna, where can people find you on social media um, my Twitter is at Joker Girl, but it's just GRL. And I don't use it all that often, but I have been using it more lately. Yeah, we're and, forcing her we're forcing her to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have a Facebook and you can find me at SA Lucas ninety one. And I don't know if anybody uses Pinterest or anything, but I'm not I have never, <laughs> never looked at a single Pinterest. I mean, I've never had taken a moment to even use Pinterest. It's because it's addicting. You just start liking everything and just but it, posting everything. But is that, is, are they just, you know, are they just, like, is it just about like posting images? But then it's basically Instagram. I mean, it's kind of just like posting images, but people do recipes and all that kind of stuff too. So it's just like finding things that you like and ideas for like DIY and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Interesting. Um, I will have to check it out at some point. And, and you guys can find me on social media at Andy Babacht, which is spelled B H B A K H T. You can find me on Instagram and you can like my public Facebook page at Andy Babacht official. And you can check out all my work that I do at Hero Hollywood, my website, the ballport, as well as all the work I do on the DC podcast network. And speaking of podcasts, you can find this amazing podcast at dcfilmspodcast.com to get all the latest news and rumors and information about the DC films, as well as the latest episodes of DC Film Podcast. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under at DC Films Podcast. And you can subscribe to them on iTunes Station Radio. And if you have a few moments, uh, take a moment, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and give some five-star reviews and rating and, you know, some love for these amazing codes. You're going to try to you guys going to fall in love with them over the next couple of weeks. So, uh, and also, you know, subscribe on Stitcher. Uh, you can find, if you have any questions for the pod, you know, these hosts or anything, you know, any recommendation, or, you know, if you want a recommendation of comics or, you know, any questions about, about DC Films, email at DCFilmsPodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. Unless I forgot a plug or two. Um, usually on the flash plug, we we have like so many plugs to do that I'm always like, when I have less plugs to do, I get weirded out by it. So I'm like, that was too easy. Uh, but uh, but yeah, but that's gonna wrap up the show for this week. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna pass it on to to Shayna, to Roy, and sorry they're gonna make it, do an amazing job covering the world these the DC films and the DC extended universe. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you're following on social media, and just have a good time enjoying these amazing episodes that are coming so just sign off here we will wrap up the show okay bye bye (laughs) Bye, we'll see you next time looking forward to it thanks for listening talk
right there, I'm in. <laughs>